Welcome back, everybody. This is the Prepared Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Austin, and this week's guest is someone I'm very excited to sit down and talk with as I have the opportunity to chat with Mr. Scott Jedlinski. You may know him as Jedi or the owner, founder, operator of Modern Samurai. Uh, He's become... I mean, I don't want to use the word famous because people hate that, but he's very renowned, right, for uh, his for his teaching, especially around red dots and pistols, and uh, you know, in fundamental shooting and things like that, and and even more than that, right? I mean, I probably can't even say enough to to do it justice, but uh, really, really really looking forward to this chat with uh, with Scott as he's somebody that I've looked to his content and his information uh, a lot to try and diagnose some of the issues that I've had myself. I've used uh, that information to assist some of my friends when shooting and trying to help them figure out things like, uh, you know, support hand grip and, and whatnot. So this should be a really, really cool discussion. Certainly probably one of the more interesting guests that we've uh, brought onto the, the podcast here. So hope you guys are as excited as I am. Um, before I get into right the discussion with Scott, uh, have to, as always, you know, make sure that we say thank you to the people, the partners, right, that make what we're doing here possible. Um, and have to, first and foremost, say thanks to our Patreon patrons. Guys, this operation is uh, grown, it's grown incredibly, and we can't do that without your support. <clears throat> so thank you, a huge thank you, sincerely, to the patrons uh, on our Patreon page. It's pre- it's patreon.com forward slash prepared underscore mindset underscore pod. Guys, head on over to the website, check it out. You can get our cold start drill for free. Run that for yourself, see how you like it, see how you do with it. Sign up. You can support us and everything we're doing here to bring, you know, really awesome guests like Scott onto the podcast, but you also get access to exclusive episodes, uh, exclusive blogs, targets, dry fire drills, videos, and, and more. Uh, you know, last year we were able to hook all of our patrons up with a free gift from our friends over at 100 Concepts and, you know, just a really cool way for you guys to interact with us more directly uh, and, you know, also support what we do here at Prepared Mindset. Uh, we really, I can't say how much we appreciate it. It, it goes a long way to help us here with uh, offsetting the costs that go into production and the time and things that are that are put in to uh, make this project possible on a weekly and sometimes, you know, uh, more frequent than that basis. Uh, so super big thank you to our patrons. But have to also say thank you to our industry partners that support us here at Prepared Mindset that make this podcast what it is, make it possible and help us do, you know, the more that we are always striving to achieve. Thank you to Midwest Gunworks. If you guys are looking for a new handgun, you're looking for a new optic, a rifle, a shotgun, whatever you guys need, head to MidwestGunworks.com. They've been in business since 1997. And guys, if they have it in stock, if it says in stock on the website, you're going to get it. It's not one of these online gun retailers that says they have it, maybe back ordered, and six months later, you might have it show up. That's not their bag. Head to MidwestGunWorks.com. You can pick up parts, components, pieces to finish that AR you're building, or you can upgrade that AR you bought off the shelf a couple years ago when things were getting spicy. You can even use discount code PREPAREDMINDSET to save 5% off your order. Guys, I got everything you're looking for and a whole lot more. Head on over to MidwestGunWorks.com. Huge thank you as well to Jonah, Pierce, and Garrett over at 100 
concepts. Guys, 100 Concepts has taken social media by storm. Those scope caps, those light caps are the cat's pajamas. I can honestly tell you that I never even considered the implications of the reflector in my own flashlight as a camouflage issue that I needed to address. Once you realize that it's there and that everybody runs a white light, it seems like since Lucas Bachkin started telling everyone, hey, you should have a white light, people listened and they do. Don't give yourself away. Head on over to 100concepts.com, check out all the cool products they have to help address the issues that we all run into out in the field. Like I was just saying, their light caps are great, super cheap, super easy to install, very convenient. They also have some awesome pack and helmet scrims. They just dropped a couple weeks ago, the multi-cam, uh, you know, tropic pattern that everybody's going crazy about. Their hex caps just got dropped, uh, you know, even sooner than that and have all kinds of models available, your RMR, uh, your T2s and things like that. 100 Concepts is an absolutely great company. Their motto is do good, be dangerous, and live free. Head on over to their website, 100concepts.com, and check out what they got going on for you. Thank you as well to my friends over at LARP Labs. Guys, LARP Labs specializes in making computer-cut 3M durable vinyl wraps for your optics, for your handheld lights, your weapon lights, your laser units, hell, even your PVS-14 if you're down with gooning. And guys, this is stuff, it's it's awesome. It's not a sticker. It's not going to peel. It's not going to leave a sticky residue. It's not going to fall off. It's actually rated for three years before you're going to have to replace this stuff. And that's three years outdoors. So good quality stuff. Great packaging, easy to follow instructions. John and crew do an amazing job. Whether you need it for you know your EOTech, your Aimpoint, whether you like M81 or Tiger Stripe or just Ranger Green, they have all kinds of options for you. Head on over to LARPLabs.com. You can use discount code PREPAREDMINDSET to save 10% off your order. And thank you, last but certainly not least, to our folks over at Active Carry. Guys, medical is huge. Anytime you're on the range, you need to have medical with you. Even if it's just a tourniquet, even if it's just a chest seal, even if it's just some gauze, hopefully it's more than that. We want to be well prepared when tragedy strikes. Let Active Carry set you up for success. Head to ActiveCarryTech.com. You guys can use discount code PMP10 to save 10% off your order. Whether you're heading over there to just pick up a couple more tourniquets, to pick up some more gauze, to pick up a chest seal. Hey, maybe you actually don't have an IFAC. Maybe this is your wake-up call and you need to pick one up. They have great options with their blazer, their bolt, their duty tactical kit. They even have options for our four-legged friends. And everyone's got a dog after you know the lockdowns. You can check out their canine kits. They even have specialized kits built out for groups like Bortac and things available on the website. They have a custom kit builder if you still can't find what you're looking for. And they are stocking as many American-made components as possible, you guys. Again, don't be caught off guard when tragedy strikes. Head on over to ActiveCarryTech.com. Discount code PMP10 for 10% off when you need to go grab your medical supplies and components. So thank you to all of our sponsors. Again, big props to all of our Patreon patrons really trying to, you know, call that out. And you guys, honestly, the support goes way further than you even realize. It's going to really help us as we try to push into some new things with the end of it's hard to believe we're almost halfway through 2023, but as we push into the uh, the rest of the year and you know getting into summer and stuff here, well, there's stuff we want to do. There's things we're working on, projects that we have yet to unveil, and your support helps us get there every bit of the way. Thank you so much to all of our partners. But now need to get over to my discussion again with Mr. Scott Jedlinski of Modern Samurai Project, guys. If you haven't 
check these folks out, you really need to look it up. Look it up on YouTube, check out their website, check out their Instagram, a ton of good information, especially since we are all in the age of red dot optics on pistols. Most of you listening to this probably concealed carry a pistol, so this is information you should have. You think you got it figured out? You think you broke the matrix? You think you hacked the system? I guarantee you, you still have room to improve. We all do, and it's the growth mindset that we should always have. And people like Scott are the folks that, in my opinion, we should all be looking to and listening to on how to get better, or at the very least, get a fresh perspective on what's going on. Really, really looking forward to sitting down for this one. So without any you know further delay here by me, we're going to get on over to my chat with Jedi. Here we go. Scott, welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you for uh, making the time and, and jumping on board here. Oh, happy to be here, man. It's an honor. Well, I appreciate that, <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm excited to have you on. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people uh, are familiar with what you teach, uh, specifically as we're like really getting to the point, I think, where, man, I, most people, when they buy a handgun these days, it comes with a dot. I know that's one of the things that really, I think, in the last couple of years, we kind of brought you to the forefront of discussions was just the, um, uh, you embraced it rather than. I think there were some people out there that may have shunned it or were indifferent about it, but you really, you know, embrace the whole red dot thing. Um, and your teaching is, you know, I was, I was actually watching some of the videos uh, earlier today, just like the fundamental stuff, right. Things that a lot of people, I think, you know, disregard as well. It's fine. I don't need to know that. I already know how to shoot and no, it's really not the case. Like you can shoot a gun, but do you really shoot it well? And I think that's where your teaching really takes people that are, I'll say experienced shooters, not necessarily good shooters, but, and really gets them over those, those training plateaus, you know, where we kind of run into those points. We don't know how to get better. We don't know how to uh, overcome some of those difficulties. So, you know, I'm really just really excited to kind of pick your brain on some of this stuff, but uh, before we get too deep into it, can you introduce yourself to the listeners and kind of just explain a little bit about what you do and how you got started? Yeah, sure. Uh, We'll keep it brief. Most people that know who I am and worry heard my introductions before so i'll keep it brief uh name is scott chablinski um jedi is my nickname not because i'm a star wars freak but because the korean eyes and a polish last name confuse people and nobody can pronounce chablinski they always leave out the l and i've been jedi since pretty much monday after the movie came out in 1977 right nice uh, because of that yeah so uh owner owner run a company called modern samurai project uh we specialize really on in two things uh, performance with the red dot pistol and performance from the appendix carry position combinations that are in and instructor end user and instructor classes uh for both of those uh focuses and that's it that's pretty much it teach 100 classes a year and i'm busy yeah, it's a good yeah. time. So how did how did you get started? I mean, because I, I, I I'll be I'll be honest, I don't know a ton about your background or your history or anything. I don't know if you were oh, okay. you know, like law enforcement or anything like that, but yeah. You know. So the thing I say about I stay clear in my lane, non-mill, non-LE, right? Uh, where I used to live in Northern Virginia and doing, you know, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu since 1996. Um, up there in Metro DC, it's impossible to train in Jiu Jitsu without training with uh, local, state, and federal face shooters, right? Uh, so I have a good buddy named Al, and I helped him become a blue belt in exchange. You know, he uh, introduced me to shooting. Um, I owned a gun at the time, but, you know, didn't really know any of the nuances behind it. Uh, he taught me some stuff 
was very lucky where I lived. There was an indoor range named Silver Eagle, so I could go shoot whenever I wanted, about five minutes from my house. Um, as I progressed through, you know, um, I have bad knees or used to have bad knees from pickup basketball in college, you know, and uh, it doesn't matter how much you work out or weight training or jujitsu that you do, you, you can't stop that meniscus slide. Uh, yeah. So I really started shooting, got serious about about 2010. By 2012, 13, my knees got really bad. I need to get them replaced. Uh, so the only thing I could do for like four months is go shoot, right? Uh, well, after I got the knee replaced. And then it just kind of became a martial art for me. Um, and uh, which is, a, you know, again, I'm not speaking poorly of anybody where we were, you know, all part of the creation of things and things progress and stuff. But, you know, it's almost like some instructors coach against the way the body naturally works, right? And yeah. I just found myself in classes going like, all right, so you want me to point at the target with my thumbs, even though I've never pointed anything with my entire life with my thumbs. The only person I've ever seen point, yeah. The only person I've ever seen point with their thumbs is uh, Bill Clinton and screw that guy, right? Yeah. Um, I need to bend over and pucker my glutes and my quad and lock all my stuff. Like, man, I would never do any of that on the mat. Why am I doing it here? So, you know, in all that downtime, it just became another martial art for me. And what I wound up doing is uh, watching people that could actually shoot, you know, competitive shooters. Um, and what I found out is all of the mill guys or the LE guys that actually shoot had a competitive background. And it was very much the same with jiu-jitsu. The best jiu-jitsu practitioners in the world also competed for the most part, right? Um, <laughs> so I just started watching them and learning. What I learned is a lot of people didn't know what, how they did what they did, right? They would explain it one way, but I'm like, that's not what I'm seeing here. And, you know, just started training classes or taking, taking more classes, started competing, Um the guys at primary and secondary seemed to like me because I was the square away civilian, became a mod over there and got introduced to a lot of people. Um, Matt Lanfair is the one who, the owner of primary and secondary that dragged me kicking and screaming into the teaching world. He always wanted me to, and I'm like, nah, you instructors can't agree on anything, man. I like my status as an elite student, you know? Uh, but then, you know, one day, you know, I used to be a mortgage banker before I did this full time. And, uh, you know, even though Trump got into office, uh, he was good for business. So mortgage rates go up. Half the business is gone for refinances. Yeah. He just okay. supplement my money. Yeah. So in June, I think of 2017, I sold out a 20 person, my first 20 person class in, in like two hours. Um, it progressed yeah. from there. Yeah. I think I taught like maybe 15 in 2017 and 2018. I had the honor of being invited to teach at the Ohio Tactical Officers Conference, which is like the largest uh, tactical police officer association conference in the country. Um, got invited to shoot at Shooter Symposium with my friends, Reston, Brokos, Presper, Blowers, um, Cowan, yada, yada. Um, and then Houston PD went full retard on the dot, right? So it went from, say, 20 classes in 2017 to having maybe 40 classes booked in 2018 to 75 and 100 100 100 right and, uh, yeah. and, and that's where i'm at now yeah and so it's cool that you you mentioned all of that uh like the the goofy shit that people uh take as like gospel 
you know, like I had a, a buddy who's a, who was formerly a state uh, trooper here in Michigan where I'm at. And mm-hmm. when I first wanted to start learning handgun. I was like, I mean, I had all the wrong ideas. You know, I was teacupping and, you know, I saw sleeves. Like I just went off the movies and I couldn't hit shit for shit. Right. Sure. So I go to this guy. I'm like, Hey man, like, can you help me out? Like, what am I doing wrong? And he's like, well, first thing you got to do, you got to lock your elbows out and you got to turtle your head. He did all the things that you just <laughs> rattled through a minute ago and point with your thumbs. And he's like, yeah, this is this, what you need. It's sturdy. It's solid. And he's like getting me to like, you know, uh, as he, as he forms his, you know, as his fists together, makes his grip. He's not push on this. See, that shit's not going anywhere, man. This is solid. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's good. That's what I need. Right. And I couldn't do that mm-hmm. shit. Like at all, it felt awkward and you get weird, like, I don't know, it's like nerve pain or muscle tension. Like I just, I didn't like it. Um, but it's funny how many people learned that way and still, you know, today, like insist that that's the way to do it. Uh, same. And that guy, he's a great friend. So at my wedding, awesome dude, we still can't meet in the middle on where, uh, on where, you know, I think the quote right way to shoot a handgun is. Um, and I think it's, it's hilarious when you look at like some of the videos that I even I've seen that you've put out right around, you talk a lot about the science. Uh, one of the ones I watched recently that I really liked was, uh, about forming the grip and it's, uh, I'm probably going to, I'm probably going to fuck this up, but, uh, you put your hands on the top bot, no, the sides and behind the slides. So basically you just yeah, have a if you, mass, right? If you trap the bore axis above, below, behind, it becomes a flat reciprocating mass. If you don't, it becomes a seesaw. Right. And I, yeah. And when you look at it and the way that you explain it, it's, it's fundamentally speaking, it's, it's grip, right? It's mostly the grip that, that addresses most of those issues, locking out your elbows and all the other goofy stuff that people uh, talk about giving you that, that strong base, I think is, it's kind of, it's just wrong. I mean, scientifically looking at it, I, I, I don't think that's the way to fix it. I think that's honestly a way to discourage yeah. from learning to shoot. Just like everything else, I don't get too hyper. I don't get too hypercritical of those guys. I mean, I used to before because it was kind of fun to make fun of them and stuff like that. But you got to listen. Every every human activity, every sport, right, uh, um, has a progression, right? Um, you know, Bill Russell is one of the greatest NBA players of all time. But if you compare him to Shaq, he looks like a moron. But a man was building him, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the other hand, if everybody did everything perfectly well, I'd be out of the job, right? Um, now, I don't know how it had to go down the full other way. Like, I don't know how this works, too. We're going to explain exactly how it doesn't work and, and, and make you do that and make you do that, right? Um, you know, I'm sure your friend, uh, the state trooper there, by the way, he needs to get used to it because Michigan uh, State Police is getting on board with my program. So he, he better well, get he actually, really soon. He, he actually left the agency to go. I'm not going to say where, but he's he went federal. So feds uh, are getting on to it, too, man. State yeah. No, I mean, everyone's guy. moving away from from the old school stuff. Like yeah. people are just better informed. I think. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm sure, you know, he was State Patrol in Michigan. They're all a bunch of, you know, stormtrooping, PT, lifting. You know, I'm sure he looked like, you know, some He's pretty good shape. Stone Cold Steve Austin, right? Um, ask him, would he do any of those positions in the gym? Ooh. Yeah. I'm sure probably not. <laughs> yeah. Would he do any of those in the ring? Would he do any of those on the mat? 
right? Think about it, right? Stand Stanislavski, squeeze your glutes, lean, lean forward and lock out your elbows while you and I are about to roll. Sure, you would do that. If you wouldn't do it in the gym, if you wouldn't do it in the ring, if you wouldn't do it on the mat, don't do it while shooting. Yeah. No, I mean, and it makes sense because, I mean, when people talk about context of gunfights or violent encounters or whatever nomenclature you want to use to describe what, you know, is, is going on, it's never that like perfect scenario where you have time to plant your feet and perfectly form it. It's, it's just not that. And that's a good way of putting it too. Like if you would, would you do that in a fight? Would you do that in the gym? Would you replicate that in any other point of life at all ever? Yeah. No, and that's, it's yeah. just not. Yeah. Uh, plus real. the other thing is, plus the other thing, man, is, is, is with the, with that type of thing, it's all strength, right? It's locked out joints, it's squeezed glutes, it's leaning forward and all that stuff. Uh, that's why when they teach their female cops, it doesn't work because they don't have that strength, right? Um, yeah. Everything I teach is structure over strength. Everything. The grip. Everyone thinks I squeeze the shit out of the grip. I mean, I do with my support hand, right? But mostly it's out of rotational torque to get above, below, and behind. Uh, so that, like, people like my endorsed instructor, uh, Stephanie Nguyen, who is the range master for Beverly Hills PD, she's 5'2 and 130 pounds. She runs her five-inch staccato like a sewing machine, right? Not everybody can grip out, but everybody can grip up. And when you grip up, you trap the boraxes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah. Well, and I think once you put it to people that way and can demonstrate it, you know, like what you do in class, right. Then it starts to all of a sudden it makes sense that it's, it's easier, but at the same time, more difficult than what people think. Right. Cause they've never, maybe not never, but they possibly just have never taken a class or maybe they've taken it with somebody who hasn't explained it that way. And, you know, and that's part of, that's what I, what's kind of neat, I guess, too, about, your your teaching right as a civilian who i mean we could say in relative terms you haven't been shooting that long compared to some people who've been doing this mm-hmm. 40 yeah. years right you know yep. by, by by numbers comparison and they have the resume to back it all up and everything but teaching isn't only about experience you can be a great teacher and not have those experiences that a lot of guys may sell themselves on and, and vice versa you know it's about communication and being able to and this is just my opinion it's about being able to take what you figured out in your brain. Right. And I think that's, what's made you successful is how you can articulate that back to a student and explain it to them. You know, Hey, this is why this. Yeah. Yeah. And and I based it on a template that's worked for thousands of years um, being real martial arts. Right. And if you want to go as recent as they is the last 110 years with Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, right. Explain, Demonstrate at varying speeds uh, while you're doubling well, what's going on. Have your students drill. You repeat, refine, and mentor them while they're doubling it. And then you do it under pressure. Yeah. No, it's it's a model that works. It 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 works, and there's no reason that it shouldn't be utilized. Um, I think for some reason people want to try and mess with it or change it and that that's always confusing to me you know keep it simple right you want your students to be able to absorb and learn and then give them the opportunity to recreate those demonstrations or times to right well, that's what class is for obviously yeah sure I, 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 absolutely that formula has been in classes
So you good? Yeah. I get a little reverb, but it's fine now, I think. Yep. I it might have been uh it might have been me. That's why I just uh I just fixed my mic here, so I think it's okay. Yeah, gotcha. You know, I think the days of uh supervised drills and war stories are over. Um, unless those war stories are applicable, right? You know, my whole thing is like, ah, man, that's great. You did all that stuff downrange and they off a route average, but what does that have to do with me trying to get a stop and rob on Saturday? I'm not, not mm-hmm. quite sure about that. And why are you teaching a concealed class from outside the wasteland? I'm not quite understanding that, but, you know, I think we're getting more to be a, a science, right? Um, without having to use big words, obviously, and uh, we're pushing it like any other athletic sport, right? Um, if in any other sport, all the instructor do is show up and read off a list of drills and didn't demo it for you, that person would be locked out of the sport. And that's kind of where, you know, we were maybe five, six, seven years ago. You know, um, I think now it's, you gotta, people are going to come to you about what you've done and what you showed that you can do. But now it's about speed and accuracy. That's it. You know, unless you're talking about tactics, you know, but in most abilities don't need to need, need don't need to talk about CQB and bounding and all this other stuff, right? It's just about the core competency of getting that gun out, finding your sliding system, uh, knowing it's going to be there, tracking the recoil, tracking the transition, and and you know, do whatever else you need to do, um, and, and kind of go from and kind of go from there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's I mean, getting it's, to be that way. It's so. it's simplicity you know i mean real realistically um i kind of love and hate when people start throwing statistics out but you know most encounters will for civilians are six to seven rounds um it's not and i don't like falling back to text like i carry a gun that holds 15 plus one and i carry a spare magazine you know uh but it does kind of highlight that it's never going to be or it, it will likely never be as dramatic as some people envision it with like you said bounding and tactics and yeah, I can do stuff you see in the movies. Not typically. Um, Here's the thing, right? I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've taken you've taken a whole bunch of tactical pistol classes and stuff like that, right? Um, actually, I haven't taken any handgun classes. Most of my stuff's been self-taught. I've done some rifle stuff, though. So you did some rifle stuff. Did you shoot from behind cover? Uh, for parts of it, we did um, VTAC barricade. How many active self-protection, police post, police activity videos have you seen from people shooting from behind cover? Not a ton. Usually, it's pretty out in the open. Yeah, there may be not a ton, whether by a that door means zero. or something, but yeah. yeah, that means zero. But does that yeah. mean you shouldn't train it? You know, for example. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, you know, I talked to Tom Gibbons, who's the one of the OGs of you know mobile instruction. You know, he probably has the most significant uh, record I think of of his alumni: fifty-seven wins and three forfeits. A forfeit is when they didn't bring their gun and they lost, right? Uh, but 57 wins. Out of those 57 wins, only one was from behind cover, and it was at 25 yards. Damn. My question is, if I'm a, tw- if I'm a civilian and I'm behind, at 25 yards behind cover, why am I not leaving? But near, neither nor there. Statistically, training people behind cover statistically doesn't make any sense. But you should still do it in case you're the guy that got hit by lightning. Right. Probability wise, you don't need a gun, but it's not about, it's not about probability. It's about stakes. Right. And I am not going to depend on anybody else to do what I need to do. Right. Uh, it comes up all the time. Right. It's like, ah, you know, you don't need a weapon. Like, bro, according to Tom's things, you don't need cover do it. There you are pieing all the time. 
you know? You do it because you're an American. Do what you want to do. Train how you want to train. I got my weapon light. You want to train behind cover? Why not yeah. both? Why not both? And I mean, when we talk about those engagements, and those encounters out in the open, this it. I think that's why that maybe it's like that uh, hive mind realization, right? That that's where speed, like you said, speed and accuracy are the two biggest things you should train to. And that's why I think appendix carrying and drawing from appendix and that presentation and everything that goes with it. I think that's why it's taken such a, obviously there's always going to be holdouts and people that don't agree with it or don't want to do it. But I think that's why, you know, um, so I guess, okay. So maybe I did lie. I took one pistol course. It was a concealed carry tactics class, but, um, we went through it and the instructor even went in the first like 20 minutes was him not like trying to convince people to carry appendix, but explain them why they should and trying oh, to get them. Like, interesting. Get a, why? Yeah. I'm interested. <laughs> because, why? Um, speed was the biggest thing. And the and other why? thing that he had mentioned was because in any, not necessarily any, but in most instances, your hands fall to the front of your body. You don't have to reach around. You don't have to contort yourself. Um, it's easier to conceal because the front and back are the widest parts of our bodies. Um, mm-hmm. You know, all that stuff kind of rolls yep. together. Yep. You want to know why, though? He's yep. right. Those are the reasons. Those are, yeah, but here, here's the why, right? Um, so there's a saying in all combatants, boxing, wrestling, jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, whatever. Whoever controls the inside controls the fight, right? The inside is your shoulder to your neckline to your shoulder line down your sides and across your hips. When you're here, you're near your core, so you're stronger, right? Appendix gives you straight up and down straight lines are always faster than angles and curves Mm -hmm. right so that's why this is fighting and this is surrender what's upside down three o'clock yeah surrender from a retention point right if my hands are down in on my midline i can use both hands to protect the gun do what i want to do push punch do whatever i want right when your hands are at, when you're at three o'clock, especially for three o'clock concealed, this hand's probably trying to protect the gun. And this hive is fencing off anybody or fending off anybody coming in, but it's past the midline. When your hand is past your midline, it is useless. Useless. You ask any jiu-jitsu guy, right? If you take your hand, if I get your hand past your midline, you're going to get an arm bar, you're going to plot it, I'm going to take your back, I'm going to sweep you, I'm going to do all kinds of horrible things to you. And you set up a carry position that sets you up to do exactly that. Now, I'm not talking about outside the waistband, like, you know, uh, ALSs and stuff like that. That you have, They have other things on their belt that may or may, to, may, or may not take priority. And a safari land hanging out on your crotch in your, in your squad cars is not a good thing, right? But mm-hmm. from appendix, that's that's why, right? Um, I do, thank you, love. I do a thing where I'm like, all right, put your hands here, just stand up. I'll take a student and can't see you from there, but I'll push on the crook of their elbow with their elbow on the inside. And me being 300 pounds, I can't move them. Then I'll go put your elbow out here and I'll barely touch their elbow and they'll fall over the side. Right. That's why appendix is better. And those are the type of technical and practical applications that we need to give students because some other guy that may be a better shooter for other reasons comes up like, ah, three o'clock's fine. As far as three o'clock concealer goes, the exception to those rules are 
Chris Wilmer and Michael Green, just as fast as anybody from Appendix because they have mastered that art. You're an American, do what you want. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, there's always, like I said, there's always going to be people that hold out, you know, they want to like, they, they just don't want to see the benefits for it. You know, oh, it's uncomfortable. I can't get used to it. I'm like, well, I'm going to call bullshit on that because, you know, at one point in life, I was 285 pounds. I'm down to like 250. And I I carry, thank you. uh, I carry appendix. Did it suck? Yeah. Like the first, like, two months were were pretty rough for me but there were things i could do to help like mitigate that discomfort and make better choices like a better belt was huge clothes that fit uh, you know they have that extra little bit of room was huge and then just doing it like give it an honest chance understand it's going to feel a little bit different and in the back of my mind it was always well here's the goal i want to carry appendix i want mm-hmm. to do this unless there is some just I don't God awful reason why I can't make this happen. I'm like, I owe it to myself to put myself in a good position to be successful and to defend myself and everything. So I'm going to go for it. And honestly, you know, after two months, it wasn't too bad. After three months, it's pretty much normal, you know, and there's, mm-hmm. yeah, there, that's why I tell people like there's stuff out there. Now you can get what the like concealment wedges. I think it's t- tier one. Mm-hmm. Um, those, I run those on all of my holsters now, um, whether it's an appendix rig or just the holster or whatever, those are fantastic for comfort and for concealment, uh, and a good holster, you know, something that's going to ride at the right height is huge. And I think, and I don't know, I mean, I'm, I'm interested to hear what you have seen in your classes with people rolling up with holsters and things, because, um, typically when people tell me they can't carry appendix and they're in, you know, they're in good shape, you know, they're a thin person. So, you know, the, uh, tactical overhang isn't really their primary uh, mm-hmm. issue. It's a cheap holster. Like, oh yeah, I grabbed it off Amazon for like 30 bucks. I'm like, well, that's probably part of your problem. It's permanently canted, you know, at like what the FBI can was at 15 degrees or some shit. And it's not, it's got one clip, so it's going to move. It's not designed for appendix carry, dude. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. You need to get a better holster and give it an honest shot. And here's why, here's the benefits, here's what it's going to give you. Do you run into that kind of stuff in class at all? Um, yeah, kind of. I mean, here's the thing about my classes, man. You're, 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 uh, you're, you're spending some pretty good scratch to come to my class, right? And generally those people are not going to chase out on a holster. Uh, generally what they do is they, they stick with their favorite holster maker that they, uh, and they offered an AIWB holster. It doesn't have all the features, right? It doesn't have two attachment points or very one wide attachment point. So the thing doesn't move. It doesn't have a claw. Uh, the biggest mistake that I see is people think they don't need wedges, right? Um, regardless of your size, you need a wedge for it. Even if you don't need it to help you push the butt of the gun in because you're fairly thin, the biggest thing is after you go into my class and you shoot 200 rounds, that gun's going to get hot. <laughs> yeah. Right. right? Yeah. Now, is, that, is that a training thing? I don't know, man. Like you said before, uh, not only is five to 10 rounds the average for civilians, it's the, it's the average for law enforcement too, uh, outside of Houston, right? Um so you do 10 rounds in succession, put that thing up against your holster for a while, right? So that's another reason for a wedge. I've always said that if you can't conceal, it's not a body problem. It's a holster problem. So, yeah, no, it's, and it's remarkable. Uh, like I've, 
I just fixed my brother's. He had been carrying like he he's still he's a holdout and he he carries like four o'clock and he's yeah, I can't find anything that's comfortable, man. Even here, like I don't I don't love the holster I have at four o'clock and everything. And I just I took it. It wasn't even like a huge company. Um it's a company we used to work with here. I won't throw names out and stuff, but um like here, I will set you up with two clips instead of one. We will get you a, you know, in this instance, he needed the concealment wing adjusted so it wasn't quite as thick. Like properly, I want to say tailoring, but tailoring your holster, your application will make a huge difference and it's going to make it way more comfortable. And I think people like they dismiss that like, oh, it's just a holster. Just think about everyday life. If your shoes hurt, the rest of your life sucks. That's true. Been there. And your holster is basically the shoe for your gun. Okay, so figure out the best way to make that comfortable. Um, there's going to be a little discomfort in the beginning because it's a new bulky thing in the front of your pants. Actually, uh, you get used to it. And uh, here's the thing, man, if you just can't do it, it's because then your goal to protect yourself wasn't in the most efficient way, fastest way uh, possible. It really wasn't a, a priority for you. And that's cool, man. That's that's cool. You knock yourself out. If you want to be the gun guy running around without a gun, you know, because it's not comfortable. Whatever, man. I'm I'm done changing people like that. I'm 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 done with the lowest common denominator. I am. Hey, man. If you want to be switched on, if you want to see how I do it my way, because you're impressed with the level of speed and accuracy and coaching and articulation, let's do this. If you are not and you want to carry your four o'clock, whatever. Knock yourself out, but don't tell me your way is better because then I'll shout you down. So, yeah. Well, and that's, I was one of those, uh, not necessarily appendix holdouts, but um, I had convinced myself for like, for a couple of years, honestly, like I didn't need a dot on my carry gun, right? I had like my outside the waistband set up and I ran, you know, Trigicon RMR and like this is sweet. And then, you know, I don't know if I just didn't want to spend the money. I feel like a dumbass now. But I took that concealed carry tactics course that I mentioned earlier. And at the end of the class, we're just running drills, right? I think it was like five yards, two people, right? Five yards uh, on the beep, uh, one shot to the the credit card, right? The head box. And it was a little contest at the end. And dude, I was getting smoked by guys that I was shooting better than for most of the class, but they were just faster because they all ran dots. And I was like, you know what? That's it. Fuck this. The net, like that was a Saturday Monday morning, I was driving my, my, uh, I carry a Glock 43 X Monday morning. I was driving and dropped the slide off to have it milled and had the optic ordered, uh, Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you know, um, if you like the dot, do the dot. You just have to rocket stack one and faster, more accurate than you. If you're not faster, if I'm not faster, more accurate than you, and then, you know, uh, you want to stick with irons and, and, and knock yourself out. That's, the irons are not for me because of my vision. It is what it is. It is what it is, you know. Um, but the thing of it is, is, a lot of people are, you know, uh, like, for example, a standard transmission, fun to drive, fast. You can't tell me an automatic these days isn't faster and easier, right? Uh, at the end of the day, if you carry a gun for self-defense, how hard and how skillful you were doesn't matter. It's how easily you won the fight. You know, and if that kid helps you, awesome. If you think it doesn't help you, cool, man, go yell at the wall or something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at this point, I think there's enough uh, data, evidence, uh, proof, whatever word you want to use to show that there's a good reason to carry a dot. You know, uh, 
this, the, this, the technology and the options and the affordability has come so far in even just the last five years, you know, like, I mean, I'll shout it out. Hollow Sun has done a great job influencing the market. People who before, sure. so I, I can't, I can't do it. I can't drop five, $600 on an RMR or uh, sure. a point. Now they, uh, like, I know I'm pretty sure the one I carry on my 43X, I got uh, on sale on Amazon for like $200. And it's great. I've had zero problems with it. You don't got to take it off to change the battery. It's and it has forced other makers, I think, to be more more innovative, or at least you know think a little bit uh, harder about some of the stuff they release. And I think that's part of it uh, is it's more accessible, and people are buying into it. And realistically, you know, once that happens, I think we start to see more of a. I guess community buy-in. You know, if it's it has to be accessible financially, like everybody would love quad two night night vision if they could afford it. Um, Mm -hmm. Now that some of these dots are much more affordable and they perform well without them having to worry about it. That, that to me, I think was probably the big push in the right direction. And you have that now. Um, I know back in the day, probably, well, I would say back in the day, but five, six years ago, there were pretty much two options on the market, you know, for red dots. And that was the RMR and the Delta point. Right. Mm -hmm. And everything else was out there was, you were taking a, your life into your own hands with durability, with accuracy and things. And I owned a couple of those dots and I kind of regret it because um, I wasted some money. But uh, I think that it's kind of remarkable how far it's come, you know? Um, I mean, so in terms of what's out there, do you have a preference around dots or what, or maybe what people should look for if they're wanting to get into one and just don't know where to spend the money? Um. Yeah, I mean, my, my top three dots, uh, and I say this in class, the number one spot shared by three dots, um, the uh, uh, Trichicon SRO, the Holosun 509T, and the Acro P2. Uh, for Because they, they check all the boxes, right, as far as what you want. Um, you know, the Acro P2 that has a 2032 battery. It's a real aim point. The window sits low enough so you can get, uh, just stick with your stock irons. Uh, the enclosed emitter, uh, the nitrogen purging process uh, helps defeat fogging, which is a real problem with optics, not rain. Mm-hmm. Rain only affects you in matches and, and, uh, uh, and training. That's it. Don't worry about rain in your optics. Um, the 509T, in my experience, just as durable, half the cost, more features and benefits. Why wouldn't you buy the one? Because you don't, you're not into that Chinesium shit. Okay, cool. That's up to you. And the SRO, it doesn't matter what anybody says, right? It is the best performance optic there is out there right now. Right now, there's the best one out there, right? Um, and that's generally it. You know, that's generally it. Um, you know, uh, depending on your personal preference, right? There's a whole bunch of things that don't have a lot of time through them, right? Uh, I think the uh, Holosun 507 Comp is an incredible uh, option right now. I probably have about two to 3,000 rounds through one. Um, I beat the shit out of one. I purposely broke it, and they sent me another one. So that's on my uh, Project Performance 2011. And now we're just going to have fun with that thing, right? Uh, all those other things, right? Um, yeah. Can't say much, but in July, all that's going to change, though, by another American company coming out with things that people want. That's all I'm going to say about that. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. I'm not going to 
No, you're from Michigan, so you probably read through the grapevine. So, actually, it wasn't. It was actually from somebody in Texas that uh, spilled the beans when I like uh, made a post because I'm so I because I bought a uh, my RMR is the Type Two, right? But I was dumb when I bought it, and I did not get the one with the adjustments with the buttons on the side. Mm-hmm. So I have an auto adjusting RMR, and it's been great. Up until, you know, we went and I, I just recently, uh, you know, found a, a buddy who has land we can go shoot on, did some low light shooting. And that auto adjustment is kind of a, a pain in the ass. Um, as soon as I turn on the X300, not even the turbo, right? Just a regular X300, wash the dot out. I struggle. Yeah, because and- all the old ones um, measure ambient light, not mm-hmm. target light. So, yep. So yeah. So I I uh, I figured that one out really quick, and I was just super pissed. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, okay, cool. There's a lot of stuff out here on the market, and I think I put up like an Instagram uh, poll or something on my stories, like, hey, what should I switch to? And I think the ones I put down were like Steiner MPS, uh, the Acro, and the 509T or something. And uh, yeah. So uh, a buddy from from Houston, the Houston area, I believe, uh, is the one who let me know there's something else coming to the market in the near future here that folks are probably going to be interested to see. But to be clear, though, for every reason why everybody really buys a Holosun, I mean, yes, quality features benefits, but you buy a Holosun because it's cheap. True. True. I mean, that is not why what these new ones are going to be, though. They won't be cheap. Is that what you're saying? Not even close to cheap. Yeah. So well, here's I'm, my prediction, right? The the internet is not going to have anything to complain about because people have been bitching for years about this company not innovating. And now they're going to have everything they want, but it's going to cost them. Yeah. Well, and that's what you get when you complain enough, right? Like, hey, we'll address everything you complain about, but understand that for every every feature, perk, benefit, whatever that you said you wanted, Comes a dollar amount. Well, it's American matter. made, right? Yeah, American made. We're gonna find out how many pinko commies there are when they start <laughs> when they start complaining about the price point of this thing, which I don't really know what it is, but I just know it's gonna be it's, it's gonna be up there. It's gonna be up there, and it should be. It's, American, it's all American. It's American um, uh, engineered, American sourced, and uh, you know everything is here, so it's gonna it's gonna cost. You know, so yeah. I mean, and that's just, that's kind of the, 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 the pay to play, I guess, or the rub or whatever you want to, you want to say. I mean, uh, guys complain about the acro 600 bucks for, you know, for a red dot. And it's like, well, yeah, but you I mean, you want X, Y, Z, you want reliability. And I would say if you're putting this on a gun that you are going to use to defend your life, I mean, ultimately the question I start asking people is, all right, like you don't have to get the most expensive thing, but what, what kind of value do you put on your life? I mean, yeah, you could go with, uh, I don't know, some weird airsoft company that claims their stuff is rated for for real steel. And you can go, ahead, hey, oh, yeah, it's got a doctor footprint or it's got a delta point footprint. It'll fit. You, know, you go slap it on your uh, Glock 19 MOS and rock that. Um, but after the first two rounds and it loses zero, that's kind of the wrong time to uh, be realizing that there's problems with that. So Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, and I try not to be a, a contrarian on some of that stuff, too. But and, and I and I hear those arguments, and I hear those arguments from people, you know, um, all the time about like, you know, how much is your life worth? And that guy, not you, 
not you, because you've lost a lot of weight recently, right? But that guy who's saying that, I know my cheat kit, you know, how much is your life worth? And he has a gut the size of, you know, Yellowstone. It's like, well, you really think your life is good, dude. You can't walk up a pair of stairs, right? And you don't have, you don't know how to do anything with your hands. And you're more likely to get in confrontation, confrontation with your hands than you are in your gun, right? And if you throw two punches, you're going to convulse and fall over from exhaustion. Shut the fuck up with your advice. Sorry. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's I'm starting to feel more and more this way, especially like myself, like you, I'm, I'm losing my weight. One of the big things about traveling a hundred classes a year is that I put on some weight and I'm sick of it, dude. I've dropped 20 pounds in the last couple of months and stuff like that. I'm getting back to jujitsu. I feel great, but it leads to my, my God, my disgust for myself. It started to be for the disgust to guys out there to talk about self-defense to talk about situational awareness, but their gut could stop a Metro bus. You know what I mean? Uh, let's get with it, guys. Let's stop being so hypocritical. Yeah. Well, and I mean, and it's it, it's something that you, I mean, people seem to realize, like your health is something that should be taken care of. Uh, we are very quick to jump towards the self-defense and defending your your home and your life and everything. But, you know, I mean, yeah, to the points you just made there, if all somebody has to do to go ahead. Let me be clear. I don't give a shit about your health. I don't care how many burpees you can do. I don't care how many flights of stairs. Do you know how to hurt somebody with your hands? Do you know how to protect yourself with your hands? Can you take someone's arm and shove it in their ass in 30 seconds? You can do that. You don't really need all that help, but you need to know how to do things. Does, does that make sense, my friend? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? No, it, it does. You it know, does. I don't, because- I, don't, I don't care how much you can bench. I don't care how many sit-ups you can do. Can you take someone, right? arm drag them, get to their back and choke them out in 30 seconds, right? If you have a gut the size of a garden gnome, you know, or a six foot garden gnome, you can't do it because you can't get close enough. Does that yes. make sense? You know, I don't care about your lifestyle habits. Can you do it with your hands and can you do it quickly? So, and that's why I think some people get real hung up on some of the wrong things in the space. Like, I mean, I get a lot of shit from people, um, I'll, I'll, I mean, I, probably the stupidest word, way to put it, but like the, the whole body shaming bit, I get guys that, and you know that they're assholes because their like social media handle includes 11 B at the end of it. So they mm-hmm. were army infantry or something and, and, and whatever, mm-hmm. but the, it's like, okay, well, okay. I get what you're saying. And maybe to some degree you have a valid point, but there's more to this discussion than that. And I fully acknowledge like, I can do more to be in better shape. I can do more to be healthier. Um, one of the things that I n- need to seriously look into, to your point, is probably something like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. In fact, I think I saw one of your videos. Something video like it. Not something you, like it. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Exactly People, that. People, stop fooling yourselves. We laugh at you mortals. You guys are babies walking around in diapers, except in the 30 to 50 years old. Stop. Stop. Go take some Brazilian jiu-jitsu and become a man. Sorry, it is what it is. I've had a hard day. I'm drinking bourbon. You guys need to stop fooling yourselves and start learning how to grapple. Hard stop. Hard stop. Yeah. I don't give a fuck who it is. Seriously, don't. I don't care if you were SF. I don't care if you were Dell. I don't care what you are. If you don't know how to grapple, whatever, bro. Keep trucking. Do you think that, I mean, uh, do you think that that's probably the 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 discipline of martial arts that would best suit the average person. Um, I mean, it sounds like it, but I know there's a lot out there too. So what you need to do is you need to, to complement some form of grappling with some form of striking, real striking, 
Okay. Um, any sort of grappling, right? Where it is a, in a competitive set that allows the entire body to work. Wrestling, sambo, jujitsu, um, something along those paired up with real striking. Okay. Boxing, Muay Thai, um, something along those lines. You put those two things together and you'll be fine with your hands. You'll be yeah. fine. Well, and that's, and it's just the funny part is because people, they don't, or very few people, I should say, want to have that discussion. They want to acknowledge that hands-on piece of things. Um, I mean, because for, I mean, look at it for what it is, right? Whether we agree with it or not, there are non-permissive environments that we all go in and out of day in and day out, federal buildings, our kids' schools, whatever. And I mean, I guess, yeah, you can go ahead and carry a gun when you want, do it, live your life the way you want to, but there's always the oppor- the chance, I should say, not the opportunity, but the chance that you could have one of these encounters where you don't have a gun, you don't have a knife. Even if you do have a gun. One of the greatest things I've ever heard is from Paul Sharp. He said, I don't care if you have a gun, you pull that thing out within three feet of me, I'm going to shove it up your ass. Yeah. <laughs> have that's, one. You just gave it to me. Yeah. I mean, if you are that in close enough proximity to somebody where you can control what their their hands are doing, if you know what you're doing, right to your point, then it kind of defeats the argument, and you have to be better prepared than the other guy. Um, that's what I and I've thought about it I, honestly. And there's like nothing, and that's the thing. Like there's nothing I can say that's gonna like. And here's the thing, it, especially with jujitsu, you'll learn how your body works better, and you'll become a yeah. better shooter. Oh, that's a good point. It does not. One does not cannibalize the other. Have you found a lot of guys that that do both? I mean, I've talked to quite a few dudes on the pod here, and a lot mm-hmm. of guys train at both disciplines. It's almost starting to become like a because they're not separate disciplines. Everything yeah. is jujitsu. Everything, right? Jujitsu is just the study of efficiency and leverage. What is firearms? It's the study of efficiency and leverage. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Right? And learn how to train all the ranges. Right? Learn how to shoot stuff at distance. Learn how to shoot stuff at uh, medium range, learn how to shoot stuff up close, learn how to throw hands, right? Uh, kicks up close, hands, elbows, knees, right? Learn how to dirty box standing up and grappling, learn how to grapple on the floor. You gotta learn how to train all the ranges in case you're the dude that gets hit by lightning, right? And along those benefits, you get your health, right? You get your confidence and you can pass that gift along to your loved ones, your children, your wife, and everything like that. And then we preserve our lifestyle being self-reliant. It's when we stop doing those things and saying, oh, this is all you need. All you need to do is carry a gun. That's when we start losing the fabric of people. You know what I mean? I mean, how many yeah. people you know that carry a gun that they're just weak? But they carry yeah. that gun and all of a sudden they think, you know, it's some sort of thing that makes them you know meat eaters and stuff whatever bro whatever learn how to train all the ranges man yeah i that is something that i i i try to discourage when people talk to me about firearms and i guess even to some to some degree when people try to have those conversations why i'll just i'll try to avoid the conversation because i mean at least me personally i struggle with that gray area where you can kind of make your point and still be nice um i either have like you know, it's black or white, either I'm fine or I'm just an asshole because I told you what you didn't want to hear. Uh, mm-hmm. But there are plenty of people I know that they 
Oh, I went out and bought a HK VP nine, man. And anybody fucks with me, bro. It's over. Like, yeah. Um, Nope. That's not how that works, man. Like there's, there's not a legal justification that goes in the middle of point A and B that you just threw out there. Uh, You you can't, you know, and not to, and, and with that individual, even specifically, no mention of the fact that they like to, uh, I would say abuse some recreational drugs. So it's like, okay, cool. Um, you're probably the worst possible person to try and have this conversation with. So I'm just going to avoid it Potentially. altogether. Potentially. But for all those people thinking in training, jiu-jitsu is going to cannibalize the firearms training. Uh, here's a great example, man. Uh, I mean, there's tons of great examples of guys out there that do martial arts. Obviously, Craig Douglas, right? Paul Sharp, Cecil Birch, um, uh, Matt Little, uh, Chris Fry, uh, Lane Grease, all high-level shooters, high-level, you know, uh, wrestlers, jiu-jitsu guys, boxers, uh, Cliff Byerly, you know, the uh, list goes on and on. But one of the examples I like is my jiu-jitsu professor, right, uh, Vicente Jr., who is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu world champion. He's absolute, an absolute legend, uh, daily the black belt. The jiu-jitsu guys will know what that means. Um, and he's only really been shooting for two years. And he can already do – he's already earned a three-quarter patch of mine, and he's one of my endorsed instructors now. Damn. Because he knows how to trade. Yeah. The, the, the mental discipline, you know, I find it, um, I mean, I, I find or found that, uh, with music earlier on in my life. And that was like a real devout part of who I was, was, but I find with people, especially today, and maybe, maybe it's technology, maybe it's not that we're so quick to just give up on things. We don't, we don't invest time. Um, we don't, or we're not good at analytical thought trying to look at what we did, the outcome that we're, we're achieving and, and trying to figure those yeah. things for ourselves. Sure. We, sure. we suck at that. Yeah. Well, but, and then that's the thing that's about life, finding things that you suck at and get better at them. Right. You know, I mean, just think about this, right. How long have you been, how long have you been shooting? Uh, probably close to eight years or so now. Okay. How long have you been aware to perf- the performance world of shooting AIWB and dots and really being serious about dry fire and stuff like that. How long have you been that? Uh, probably, f- probably about five years, I would say. About five with- years? Good. Yeah. Okay. So you and I get into a confrontation. You have a gun. Me. Me specifically me. You and I have yeah. a confrontation. You have a gun. What are the percentages that I'm going to take that gun away from you? Me specifically. Yeah, probably Based pretty high. Doesn't that scare the shit out of you? Uh, well, I've never actually thought about it, but in this particular instance right now, no, yeah, it kind of does. <laughs> so go do jujitsu. Yeah. So no, and there's, I mean, and I can sit here and make excuses, but there is a place that's like seven minutes from the house here, five minutes from the house. It's not, it's yeah. as far as I drive to, to go to the gym and work out four days a week, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm not being accusatory. I'm not being, I'm not, I'm no, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like damning of you and stuff like that. I just want you to think about things, right? Yeah. And that's basically what I do in my classes. I, I just want you to think about things. For example, are firearms supposed to be force multipliers? Yes, they are, yeah. right? Yeah. Aren't force multipliers supposed to make things easy, easier? That would, yeah. yeah. Then why does everybody teach things with pistols that hurt? 
locking out your wrist, locking out your elbow, leaning forward, putting your shoulders in your squeezing your spleen, putting out your legs and doing your quad as if you were, you know, John Travolta in Saturday Night Fever. Why? Why? Stop doing that. And that's all I do. I make people think about it. And then I demo it, explain how to do it. Based on speed and accuracy, they go, oh, I might do some of that. I might do some of that. When I started breaking, I can, I can honestly say when I started breaking through some of the personal barriers that I experienced, it was because of going against some of that, like, uh, institution, I'll say institutional knowledge, those things like, Hey, you have to lock out, you have to do these things. When I started looking to, to like your point in comments earlier about looking at the competition world, I started looking at stuff from guys like, uh, I mean, specifically like Lucas Botkin at, at T-Rex arms was probably the first one that I actually stopped and went, he's doing this different. And Mm -hmm. people in the comments section are going real hard both ways on this. Maybe I should pay attention. Maybe there's more to this. Mm-hmm. And from there, it kind of blew. And I started, okay, well, maybe, you know, I don't need to lock out. Maybe just bend the elbows. Hey, maybe right. this doesn't need to be the most stressful thing in the world. Right. And once I kind of broke out of that box that I think a lot of people begin in, mentally speaking, with firearms, you, you, you it, it's almost like you find out it's, it, it's easier than you thought it was. You were just going about it in all the wrong ways. If that makes sense, it's just just kind of a goofy way to put it, but it really is. There's less effort and less uh, complexity to it. I think than, than what most people realize. Yeah. hundred percent. Absolutely. Just think about it. Think about it. Yeah. Why is your favorite, why is your favorite instructor not done anything with the gun? What's he done with the gun? What's he done with the gun? Well, and one of the things too, that I, that I find interesting with people is, you know, uh, we all carry, we all carry firearms or, or I'll say this to the people listening to this podcast, right? Um, many of whom are concealed carriers. You carry a handgun. There's nobody I know, right. That can that I know of concealed carries a rifle or a carbine of some variety. And I've actually had people tell me, I'm not that worried about training with a handgun. I just use the handgun to fight to my rifle. And that's what I really need to train with. I'm like, well, I get you what you're saying. You got a rifle in your car right now. Anybody. Anybody? 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 Nope. No. Nope. Okay. No. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the I people just, I do know that have rifles, they got, they got rifles, right? But yeah. most, like I heard that once in the IDPA match from this guy. I'm like, Cody, that's the guy's name, right? Good. Okay. Guy. Uh, the only person in this entire match that has a rifle in their car right now is me, <laughs> right? So don't give me that fighting to your rifle bullshit. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's a justification that people put out there. Just like, you know, hey, I don't need to carry a bigger gun because I only need six or seven rounds. Just like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, we, we've we gotten really good at that in the gun space um, or the firearm space for whatever reason. Like, we justify all the things we don't do well with, yep. uh, you know, uh, statistics and knowledge. And it's like, well, that's kind of a nice thing. And, and you'd probably appreciate this, having spent some time in finance, right, before you started doing your own thing with teaching. You can make you can make the numbers say whatever you want. It just oh, depends on how you dress it up. And that's oh, why, yeah. Yeah. that's why I, I, I love and hate, you know, I, I look at data driven guys, but like, I almost hate when people build everything off statistics. Cause it's like, once you realize there's, that, there's, you know, there's lies, damn lies and statistics. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, you really can. You can well, yeah, because uh, in eighty six percent of these uh, instances here, you're gonna you're only gonna use four rounds. I'm like, okay, uh, but you, so you can break down the data. You can look deeper, and it's like, yeah, I mean, in that small instance, it makes sense. But yeah, but when you start when you start especially in our we're talking about when you start talking about probability, that's not the point. Mm-hmm. There's two points. It's not about probability. It's about stakes. For one. Number two, I'm an American. I do what I want. I will do what I want, man. If you want to carry, if you want to carry a Springfield XDM 10 millimeter, man, you knock yourself out. That's a lot of scratch for the ammo for a cheap gun, but whatever, man, you do you want. I'm, I'm, I'm done talking to people yeah. about, about, about that stuff. You know what I mean? Um, because it's, yeah. You're an American, do what you want, man. If you want to run around a play, you know, like the thing with like Dakota Meyer and, and people, you know, fooling around, you know, LARPing and kid. I'm like, whatever, bro. Do what you want to do, man. If you think that's important, knock yourself out, man. But don't make excuses because you're trying to go to a pistol class and you got a plate carrier on, you know? Cool. If you want to do that, man, you knock yourself out. You're going to be slower than everybody else. So I'm going to tell you why you're slower than and then maybe you take it off but if you know it's your money you paid yeah. you paid your way in the class you know so yeah we just got to understand to some extent anyways the application of the or the skills that you're trying to learn you know uh to your point right you want to run on a plate carrier and maybe that's a thing for you maybe you're in law enforcement and that's realistically something that you and, and cool then i mean then that's that's your real your reality mm-hmm. I mean, I, I love working, you know, in kit running on the range and doing that stuff. It's fun. It's great. I like it. But, you know, I also find it odd that we have so many people that focus only on that. And if you were to ask them to show you their proficiency from concealment with a handgun, even at five yards, give them any sort of demand oriented cold start. Right. And they, they can't do it. And it's like, well, maybe you're not working on the things you should be. Or not all the things you should be. Maybe your focus is in the wrong spot. Maybe you're having a little bit too much fun. Maybe not enough focus on what what you realistically should be prioritizing. And that's just what I see a lot on, you know, social media. And that's the beauty of social media, right? You can hide it. You can you can dress yourself up to look a whole lot of ways. Um, you know, I'm certainly probably guilty of it as well in some instances. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's. You know, that's the thing. Do you, are you, are you still covering those things? Like I would say that probably the most important thing you could train would be your handgun skills from concealment. Cause it's the most, like you just said, right. The most probable of any, you're the most probable to employ those skills as compared to anything else. You know, I don't think we're going to see the, the Russians sure. invade. Sure. Yeah. Sure. We're not going to see the, the Russians or the Chinese invade tomorrow or something. I mean, uh, no. I mean maybe. I mean, no. I don't know. I, get right. I, I, say, I say that out loud, and then maybe it happens. I don't know. I hope not. <laughs> but being, being tracked by the weather by the Chinese balloon, right? The one that we couldn't shoot. We couldn't figure out how to shoot down. Yeah. That guy. He doesn't think we're coming. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. No. I mean, it's just. Uh, yeah. It's one, and you know, I get it. Everyone has that stuff they like to uh, train more than something else. But um, realistically, I think if you're going to carry a gun that's part of your accountability. Just like we talk about shot placement, shot accountability and marksmanship, right? That being able to produce those is part of that, obviously. Uh, and I think it's uh, discarded sometimes, a lot of times, honestly. I think people just have a problem with uh, honesty 
honesty with themselves, I should say. Or just they just don't they don't know what they don't know and you know who their mentor was and stuff like that, you know. And you know, it it sounds like I I am being like um, I contradict myself sometimes, right? And that like, hey, you're an American, do what you want, carry whatever piece of shit kit that you want. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's all about speed and accuracy. Right. Um, and what do we use as metrics all the time on this being accuracy or feelings and somebody's resume? Think about it. Think about all the goofy things you had to unwind because some dude with a resume told you that was the way, like your state trooper friend, uh, his heart was in the right place. He's trying to do, trying to do solid my teaching and this stuff. Right. But you took that as a way because he was police. Yeah. Stop doing that. Got to stop doing that. Speed and accuracy. That's it. That's all that matters. Yeah. And, and that's, uh, you know, I think when, when people, especially new gun owners, right. Cause we've had so many in the last three years, you know, with everything that happened in 2020, people getting scared and going buying their first gun if they swore they never would. Right. People start looking around, okay, who can teach me how to use this thing? What, you know, where can I go for help? Where do I learn how to load the damn thing? I mean, it, whatever. Right. People go to their friends and their family and they just assume that if you are former military or former or current law enforcement, you're going to be able to teach them how to be good with something. Um, and, and maybe you can, right? Maybe you learn the right things from some good people and, and maybe you uh, can. There's a, a bad plan is still better than the plan. True, true. But I think at least I know in the folks that I talk to immediately, um, and this is in my personal life. And this is this is pre podcast. This is pre everything. The people I talk to, um, one was the law enforcement buddy that I we've already talked about here, and the other was a uh, technically my brother in law, who when I asked him, "Hey, so you're in the Air Force? You guys use the M9?" He goes, "Oh man, I wish. All we got is this Beretta." I'm like, uh, "Dude, that's the same." And right there, I'm like, "Okay, like if I could slap myself in the forehead right now in front of you, I totally would." But forget it. You know what I mean? Yep. Right. Those are the people, those are the people who get reached out to for help. So, um, vetting your sources is important. Looking out and and finding people like what you're doing, right. With modern samurai that offer good information. Um, they can give them reliable information. It's going to give them a consistent and a, a good output, right. What they're looking for accountability, being able to defend themselves, do those things the correct way. Um, you know, it's, it's one of the things I think that social media has made easier, right. Mm -hmm. But it's also made it more difficult because now anybody with a phone and a handgun can make themselves look like they know what they're talking about. Unless you do the work yourself to dig into it. Because you don't have the metrics of speed and accuracy. True. You don't. Like, here's the thing. Like, like, let's talk about Lucas, right? People like to beat up on Lucas and stuff like that. You know, I don't agree with Lucas all the time. He used to. He did some videos on like tactics and stuff. I'm like, whatever, bro, I don't care. But can the kid shoot? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember like six, seven years ago, he did his AIW dress. Like, yeah, I like to grab the belly button. I said, that's genius. And I stole it. And I give him credit for it. Right? Because I don't care what you think about Lucas. I don't care what you think about. People have problems with like, you know, his his religious affiliations. I don't give I don't care about him. I care about what he's showing based on speed and accuracy. He's awesome. Yeah. So listen to the, what the guy is saying and how he explains things, right? And how he shoots. I've been saying that for years, man. You should have heard all the people yelling at me over primary or secondary when I would say that. I'm like, well, you 
fuckers can't shoot. So why am I, you know, why you're mad, right? On the other hand, there are plenty of dudes out there that are American institutions, outstanding Americans where like traveling instructors like me wouldn't be where we're at if it wasn't for them. But when you start telling me about, talking to me about speed and like speed with the dot up close and I've never seen you shoot fast, I'm not listening to you. I'm not, I'm not listening to you, right? Very good friend of mine, Masada Ayu. If he wants to tell me about the history of firearms laws and legalities and self-defense, awesome. The minute Masad starts talking to me about shooting, I'm like, hey, bro. And Masad can shoot. Don't get me wrong. Masad can shoot, but it's, it's two different, two it's different, different focuses and stuff like that. Right? And he doesn't do that. He loves, he loves talking to me about shooting and stuff like that. But the minute Masad talks to me about going fast, I'm like, Stay. Bro, you know what I mean? You just have to be honest with yourself, right? For example, I lost a muscle. My buddy, my one of my best friends, Donovan Moore, he can shoot splits faster than me. I'm going to his class in the next two days because I don't care about jail bait splits. I want to I care about how another man can do things that puts his pants one leg at a time, just like me on. Yeah, I can't do them and he can't. I want to learn how he does that, even if I don't think it's important because I'm a craftsman. Be a craftsman, people with your hands, with your health, with your gun, with your life. So. Yeah. It's that, that mindset. It's, it's an attitude thing. It really is. You know, like that's, I, it's one of the things people talk about that want to, how can I work on getting better at whatever, um, land navigation, shooting, whatever. Honestly, it starts with your attitude. You gotta like, you gotta be about it. Otherwise you're going to lose interest. You're going to waste a whole bunch of money and you're not going to be any better for it. Yep. 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 And that's, that's where it starts. You know, people got to buy in and you have to, you just got to realize it. Like either you're going to do it or you're not, but it's one of those things. Like if you're going to do it, do it all the way. Otherwise, are you really an asset or are you just a liability? Yeah, I mean, especially sure. when you're talking about with a gun and the ability to take somebody's life. That's how I feel about it. That's the same thing I tell people, you know, and, and some people get weird about it and, I've had enough discussions personally at this point. That's just how I, uh, how I put it to people. Like you want to carry a gun, man. I think you should. I think, fuck, I think everybody should, if you, you know, you're willing to look at it and see it the way I do. If you don't, then maybe you need to plan for something else. Maybe you're better suited for, or with a, I don't know, a knife or a sharp stick or something. Maybe a firearm isn't for you. I don't know. Yeah, sure. Cool. Yeah. But, um, Scott, this has been awesome, sir. Uh, I apologize. <laughs> uh, this has been great. Um, I, again, I really have enjoyed your content and we, the information you put out there, you know, uh, the, the grip stuff alone, honestly, with the Sharpie and, and there's a couple of videos out there showing that, like that actually, that visual cue, you know, like has done more to help me and actually, my buddies that I shoot with than probably any other, any single piece of information I've gotten from anybody else trying to figure out a handgun uh, grip. Um, so, you know, being able to sit down and talk with you about this stuff is, is awesome. And, and I know you're, I appreciate that. no, it, it, I mean, it's one of those things, man. I really do think that uh, you figured some stuff out. You've just figured it out and you're able to explain it to people and it's a rare thing. So, uh, you know, very happy that we got the uh, chance here to sit down. I know you're, you know, traveling and busy and, and doing all this stuff. So thank you for coming on, sir, uh, making the time. And uh, yeah, man, this has been great. Thank you cool, so man. much. Appreciate you. Be safe.
All right, sir. You as well. So, yep, had a little bit of audio uh, gremlins kind of pop in there around the 22-minute, 23-minute mark, something like that, uh, which usually we get pretty uh, – we're pretty good here about that stuff. Um, you know, this time it just kind of happened, and, you know, when it does, you just kind of – you deal with it as, as well as you can. And uh, But but at any rate, a, a great discussion. You know, honestly, being able to, to sit and talk with, uh, with Scott about what he's doing and his – his thoughts and opinions on training and uh, proficiency and performance. It's really cool to hear, especially from somebody who I think it's very relatable for a lot of us. That's compared to some people who have been, you know, they've been shooting since they were, you know, nine years old and they were in the military and law enforcement. And then you have somebody like Scott who's found a, a high level of success through performance and proficiency, right. Um, with what he's done it's really cool to see, you know, it, it, it kind of puts it in perspective and this is, this is not uh, a knock on anybody else. It's not to take away from anybody else, but it is kind of cool as somebody uh, who, who also has never been in law enforcement, also never been military, things like that. Hey, you can still achieve at a very high level. You know, you don't have to have those things. Do they help in a lot of ways? Yeah, they could. Um, I think that discussion kind of really illustrates uh, very well that it, it could also be a hindrance. You know, there's a lot of uh, institutionalized knowledge that gets passed down through law enforcement agencies and just by word of mouth from one friend to another or from an uncle to a nephew and, you know, or a father to a son, et cetera, et cetera, where we take this stuff as gospel, right? This is how you shoot a handgun. This is how you do this. This is the, you know, quote, the the right way. Um, and there's always going to be somebody that, that figures out a better way, always. And it, in a lot of instances, it won't be the one that you would think. Uh, so it, it's neat to hear, you know, what, what Scott's thoughts are around a lot of these things. Um, obviously a really good discussion around, you know, appendix carry and the justification and not even just that the justification through personal opinion, but there's actual fact to back that up. Uh, you look at the, 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 the sources that he cited and, and, and things through martial arts and actual combatives, defensive com- combatives throughout your core and straight lines and things. And it's, it's more than, oh, well, appendix carry is more concealable. It's faster. It's this, it's that take it a step further, right? And look at it from the, the lens, from the scope of a self-defense scenario, right? Something like Brazilian jiu-jitsu, which Scott is obviously a large proponent of, and it changes the context. It changes the conversation. It changes the way you think about it. And Hey, maybe I really should look at appendix carry. Maybe what I was, you know, justifying before with comfort or whatever is not a good reason anymore. Maybe I need to just own this and be honest with us. So, uh, I thought it was a very refreshing, uh, conversation. I learned a bunch. Uh, so Scott's somebody who I, I look to a lot. You know, I, I have, I struggled for years trying to figure out <clears throat> my personal, uh, handgun grip and things like that. And I, even still today, I'm still working on consistency. I think a lot of us consistency is the gremlin that chases us, but you know, uh, being able to, to look to him for information and now finally be able to get him as a guest on the pod is, it's really kind of cool. I'm really happy for this. And I hope you guys enjoyed the, uh, the discussion and I hope you guys, if you get the opportunity to, you know, take a course with, with Scott, uh, or one of his, uh, instructors, there's, uh, one coming here to Michigan, I believe at the end of the year or in the fall that I'm, I may have to, you know, look into taking that class because, um, 
I'm very intrigued. And at this point, I feel like I owe it to myself to kind of to take a look and reevaluate where I'm at and see where I need to get better. Not if I can get better, because I know I can and I know I have to, but where and how. Um, so really, really cool opportunity, just like so many of the guests I have on here. And I, uh, you know, thank you guys for, for sticking around and hanging out and, and listening, uh, and, and supporting us with everything that we do here. Uh, certainly going to, you know, keep on trucking, keep on rolling, working hard to get, you know, guests on that you guys want to hear from, you want to hear these discussions. And, uh, we're to have more of that coming as we continue to break into the summer of 2023. But for this week, you guys, that's all I got for you. Uh, once again, thank you so much for hanging out. We'll have, you know, another episode coming next week, but until next week, that's it. You guys get out there, work hard, train smarter. And like we always say here, be prepared. <laughs>